This morning we're going to begin in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. First Corinthians chapter three, beginning in verse one. This is something that's been percolating inside of me for a couple of weeks since uh, the men's meeting a couple of weeks ago. We read, we were going through Corinthians and read this, and just uh, sometimes you you read something and you talk about it, and then it just doesn't go away; it just keeps on expanding inside of you and so today's message is about that first corinthians chapter 3 beginning in verse 1 and i brothers could not speak to you as the spiritual but as the carnal as to babes in christ i fed you with the milk and not with solid food for until now you were not able to receive it And even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal. For there are envy, strife, and divisions among you. Aren't you carnal? Aren't you behaving like mere men? And one says, I am of Paul. And another, I am of Apollos. Aren't you carnal? Who then is Paul? And who is Apollos? but ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase, God made it grow. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field, you are God's building, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I laid the foundation, and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. The foundational message of Jesus, he says, be careful how we build on it. And we read about the Corinthian church there. We know they had a lot of problems. But Paul, he goes right down to the basics and he says, he goes, I can't talk to you like mature Christians. He says, I have to talk to you and give you milk, not solid food. He says, because you're not a place you haven't grown up yet. And so now we think about what he's talking about here. <clears throat> and you know, with a baby, with a baby, they need milk first. They have to be nursed. They have to be fed. First milk. And then a little bit of solid food. They have to be fed it, you know, with a little spoon. You feed them and everything. They have to be spoon fed. And eventually, it comes to the point where they say, give me that spoon. Let me do that myself. Give me that fork. And and they start growing up and the food isn't mashed anymore. Now it's a solid food. And and they grow up and they become mature. And they they grow up through toddler and to childhood and then adolescence and finally at long last adulthood and Paul in a way is using that example of a baby through childhood into adulthood to talk about the Christian life and where God is intention for us to be 
is to be the place that we're feeding ourselves, that we're not depending on somebody else, and we're not just feeding ourselves milk, but we're building on that foundation in Christ, and feeding on solid food, and feeding ourselves, and seeking God for ourselves, not riding on anybody's coattails, but being strong in the Lord and in the power of His might ourselves. That is the, the Holy Spirit's aim in leading and guiding in us. But Paul says here, as he addresses the Corinthian church, he says, by this time, he says, he says, I have continued to feed you with milk. He says, because you're carnal. And what was it he said? He, he describes what it is about them that he saw that was carnal. He says, there's envy and strife and divisions among you. There's fighting and arguing and carnality of all kinds among you. And he says, being like babes, like children. He says, if you're living like this, he says, I can't feed you meat. i got to feed you milk. Hey, look what you're doing. He says, one saying, I'm a, I belong to Paulus. I'm a disciple of Apollos. I'm a disciple of Paul. I'm a disciple of this one or that one, of Peter, Apollos. He says, we're just servants of, of Christ. He says, we're all followers of Jesus Christ. And you see such a foundational thing was lost in them, and they're contending and striving with each other. But this is only an example and it doesn't mean just fighting in the church. It means fighting in the home, and fighting in the job, and fighting in the neighborhood, and fighting in marriage, fighting between parents and children, carnality. He says we have to grow up. He says, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able, for you're still carnal. And so, you see the aim of the Lord is to grow us up, to build on the foundation He's laid in us. We believe the message that Jesus died for our sins. He gave His life for us, and we're forgiven through His blood. Now we must build on that foundation and grow as a Christian, and grow through the toddler stage and the childhood stage and the adolescent stage onto maturity, to adulthood. We can be very complacent and not really desire that. And you can see that's where it was here with the Corinthian church. They were okay with her. They were at until Paul confronted them. And so we go from there to Hebrews chapter 5. And as the writer of Hebrews writes to, to the, the letter that he writes, we see a similar theme. Hebrews chapter 5. We begin in verse 7, Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7. Speaking here of Jesus, in the middle of a thought here. <clears throat> Hebrews 5, 7. Who in the days of his flesh 
speaking of Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Some versions say because of his reverent submission. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles or the foundational teachings of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age or mature. That is, those who by the reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now there's a lot said in this short passage here. But a few things that will bring out in it. He talked about Jesus, that God heard him, the Father heard him, because of his godly fear, of his reverent submission, his obedience to the Father, his submission to the authority of the Father. An example to us. And it says... <coughs> In verse 8, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Obedience to Christ. He talks about how Jesus was perfected. He became mature. The perfection and maturity are similar words. And they have similar meanings. And they are taught, they are interchangeable in some of these translations. To the point where some translations use perfection, some use maturity. He, be, he became mature or perfected through the things he suffered. He learned obedience by the things he suffered and became perfected. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation. Jesus was obedient through his time of trial. He submitted to the Father in his time of trial and was perfected. And he became the author of eternal salvation. And he says in verse 11, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Jesus asked that of his own disciples in the Gospel. He said, have you become hard of hearing? Have you become dull of hearing? He asked that to them. You know what he asked that to them? After Jesus had done two miracles of loaves, and one with fishes, one of the many loaves, to feeding the crowd. And then later on, when Jesus said something, he said, well, it's because we didn't bring any bread. And Jesus said, do you remember all the miracles I did? He says, is your heart 
heart become hard? Have you become dull of hearing? Because we can be dull, become dull to this message. We hear it over and over again. After a while, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just like, we harden our hearts to it. We can harden our hearts to the truth of this message, of, of, the, of the message of the life of Christ. It just becomes old hat to us. And we need to be stirred up in it. I guess what Paul's saying here. You become dull here, and i gotta, I got to start over with you again here. Got to stoke the fire again here. Because the fire has gone down in your life. And now you just got some embers, got some coals. But where's, where's the fire? Where's the blaze at? Jesus said that he would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Where's the fire in our hearts? Remember the two disciples on the road to Emmaus after Jesus' resurrection. And Jesus was speaking to them. And after he left, they realized, and they said, didn't our heart burn within us as he spoke to us? The fire. Where's the fire? And he talks here about, again, similar to the Corinthians, the writer here to Hebrews says, he says, by this time, he says, you should be eating solid food. So these were not new Christians. A newborn baby needs milk. But as it grows, milk is not enough. He needs to eat food. Can you imagine a child of five years old still only drinking milk, not eating food? It needs other things, other nutrients. And, and other things, milk is, 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 is not enough. We need, need meat, food, you know, vegetables, grains, all kinds of food, a balanced diet. And there he is, five years old, ten years old, fifteen years old, still just drinking milk. And in the spiritual sense, this is what Paul is talking about here. He's talking about being in a place where you can receive stuff that will cause your body to mature more. And he's talking about that in a spiritual sense. So that we can grow spiritually. That we mature spiritually. That is the aim of the Holy Spirit. That is what the Holy Spirit is leading us to, guiding us to, and directing us to. He's teaching us about growing in Christ. Not being content where we're at. If we feel something uneasy inside of us, and this wrestling going on inside of us, and, ah, you know, an uncomfortableness, it may very well be that the Holy Spirit is wrestling with that carnality that we're holding on to. The carnal mindset. The Bible teaches us the carnal mind and the spiritual mind are at war with one another. We're experiencing a war within. And we can just try to push it out of the way and just, just be dismissive of it. But we can take note of it. And hear that the Holy Spirit is an enmity with our, some of our thinking, some of our living, some of our attitudes. They're unspiritual, they're unchristian, they're carnal. And so we feel uneasy inside. We feel all kinds of things inside that are not peace. They're not rest. There's a war on the inside. 
There's a war on the outside with spirits. The Bible says we're wrestling against spirits. But there's a war on the inside between the flesh and the spirit, the carnal mind and the spiritual mind, the flesh and the spirit. It says they're at enmity with one another, they're against one another. Enmity means they're against. And this turmoil, this churning that's going on inside of us that we don't understand, that's what it is. And so you see that Paul is saying here, I'm trying to feed you things that are trying to, to grow you up. And he says, you're not ready to receive him yet because you still need to be nursed. You're still needing milk. You need someone to come and teach you as we go in the next chapter. It talks about the elementary principles of the Word of God. Repentance from dead works, first one on the list. He says, by this time, he said, you ought to be teachers of the Word. And this challenges all of us. He says, we should, you know, at some point we should be teachers of the Word of God. And he says, but, but at this point, he says, you're not ready for that. He says, you still need milk. Somebody to still teach you, and not just te- not teach you meat, but milk. <clears throat> In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, he says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. When we're first born again, we're newborn babes. He says, as newborn babes desire the milk of the Word. But, as Paul is wrangling with the brethren in Corinth, and whoever wrote the the Hebrews, some think it's Paul, I don't know. Um, Whoever wrote this is saying the same thing. He's, He's... you know, appealing to them concerning where they're at spiritually. He says you've got to move on to maturity. He says, verse 13, For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a baby. But solid food belongs to those who are mature or full age. That is, now listen to this. He says, that by reason of use or practice have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Wrap our mind around what he's saying. What is he saying in this? By reason of use. The use of what? The practice of what? The practice of the word. They're living out what they've heard. And as they live out what they heard through suffering and trials and, and, and all these other things, they grow up. And it says they have their senses sharpened. As they mature, they grow up. They have their senses sharpened to discern good and evil, right and wrong. They begin, things become clearer to them. And they become sharpened. They have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. How? By putting the Word of God into practice. By living the life of Christ. Following the Holy, the leading of the Holy Spirit. They grow up. They grow up. They're no longer babes in Christ. 
They move on to maturity. And we can sit in a church and we could profess to be a Christian for 20, 30, 40, 50 years and not grow up. We have to grow up as a Christian. Jesus had disciples who he trained for three years. They saw his miracles. They heard the teaching straight from Jesus' mouth. And one minute Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but your Father in heaven. And the next minute, the devil is speaking to him. He says, Get behind me, Satan. If you desire not the things of God, but the things of men. And you see that after three years, at the Last Supper, Jesus' disciples are fighting over who would be greatest in the kingdom of God. Envy, jealousy, strife, just like Paul said in the church of Corinth. And you see that element going on when they're fighting over, you know, who's more, who should be respected more because they're a disciple of Apollos, because they're a disciple of Paul, they're a disciple of Peter. And Paul's comeback to them is, did, did Apollos die for any of you? No, it's Jesus. And so he showed them their immaturity. That carnality and the strife. We see that in the disciples after three and a half years. Three years of Jesus preaching, teaching, showing the miracles, seeing how he did everything. They were full of hardness of heart. They were full of... He rebuked his disciples for their unbelief. And it just went on and on. But then, in the book of Acts, they're full of the Holy Spirit. They're different people. And they grow and they move on to maturity as they follow the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit. They grow as disciples of Jesus. Not immature any longer. Chapter 6 of Hebrews and verse 1, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Some versions again <coughs> say maturity. It says here in my study Bible, or maturity. Let us go on to maturity. Let us move on to maturity. Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. Beginning in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted for Christ, have lost for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things as loss or dung, to be accurate, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for which 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, and righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected or matured, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brothers, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I pressed toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. And as Paul is talking about letting go of the things that are behind him, Paul talked about letting go of his reputation as, as, a, as a powerful man in Judaism. Letting go of all the carnality and his own righteousness which are of the law. And growing in Christ and trusting in Christ and letting go of everything. He says, forgetting the things that are behind me. The way of life that I had before. Leave it behind and pressing forward. Moving to maturity. Pressing forward to those things which are ahead. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. In Dave's prayer today, he talked about higher ground. Not in those words, but I remember hearing it. And it stuck with me about what we were talking about today. That God would move us on to higher ground, to maturity. And that should be our prayer for all of us today. Pray for each other. To grow and to move to maturity. And he says, as many as are mature have this mind. The mind of the mature Christian is to, to attain the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. To move on to maturity. That should be our mindset. That should be their mindset that we should be growing to. To be mature. To grow up. To be, he said, by this time, he said, we should be teachers of the word and not need someone to bottle feed us the word again, to nurse us through the word again, to ride on the coattails of others. When we are young and immature, that's what we need. But the purpose of that is by those things to grow and to move on to maturity.
What are we holding on to that's keeping us from growing to maturity? We read something in Luke chapter, I mean Luke chapter 8, in the parable of the sower in the soil. That stands out to me in the way it's worded. The way Jesus words it in this particular, the way it's recorded in this particular passage in Luke chapter 8. And in verse um, 14, Jesus is explaining the parable of the sower and the soil. The seed, he said, is the word of God. The soil is the hearts of men. The field is the world and the hearts of men. In verse 14 he says, Now the the seed, the ones that fell among the thorns, are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, the riches, and the pleasures of life. And they bring no fruit to maturity. And there again is that word maturity. Mature, maturity. Keeps on coming up in the New Testament, doesn't it? And we see in this why people don't grow to maturity. Jesus lays it right out very cleanly, very plainly. It's the spirit of the world. We're entangled in the spirit of the flesh and of the world. And it prevents us from growing. That's why Paul says, examine ourselves. In, in, in the end of one of the letters of Corinthians, examine ourselves. How are we living? We should be inspecting the fruit of our life. Now, <clears throat> as I've told you before, I grew up with a house that had a lot of fruit trees on it. My parents had a lot of fruit trees at their house. And you know, we'd be walking out back to do our chores and there'd be these fruit trees, we'd walk along and, you know, it gets around August, the apples aren't ripe yet, but you see some apples on the ground, there's green apples, and you grab one, and the way back, and you take a couple bites, and you chew it, and you spit it out, because it was sour, just wanted to get the taste of it, it was no good, you take a couple bites, and you just chuck it, because it wasn't, you know, it was so sour, you just want to get the taste of the apple, it really was, the fruit hadn't come to maturity, it wasn't, the fruit coming to maturity means it doesn't get ripe, I, you know, we have fig trees, and you know, if you take a fig that's not ripe and you chew on it, it's bland, it has no flavor, no taste, no good. And this is what happens when fruit doesn't ripen. And so, why is it that fruit doesn't come to maturity? It's because we're still entangled with the world, with the ways of the world and the flesh. The influence of the evil one. We're still entangled with those things. And so, we have to examine our hearts before the Lord and get those thorns and those thistles out of there so that we can grow fruit that bears fruit 30, 60, and 100 fold, that comes to maturity, that ripens. This is my Father's will that we bear much fruit, Jesus said. That you bear much fruit, Jesus said. Back again in John 15. The fruit that grows and grows up into maturity. That is God's 
goal for our life. That we become mature. That we use the Word of God, that we live it out, we grow by it, and we become mature in it. Have our senses exercised to discern both good and evil. The Word of God is choked with the cares of this life. The busy life. The mundane, the the roller, the roller coaster of daily life, you know, all the things that distract us. The, the riches of life, the money, the things that we can get, materialism, and the pleasures and the entertainments and all kinds of things of life, of this world, that the world is going after. We can easily be influenced and get caught in that current. We don't. We don't hear with the Holy Spirit, is teaching us in His Word, and He's guiding us in our hearts and in our minds and in our life. We can shut that voice out and become change the channel, become dull of hearing, hard of hearing, and that that voice becomes dimmer, and fades with all the other voices. There's many voices in this world. The Bible says many voices. But there's one voice that we're told to follow. And Jesus said, it's my voice, he said. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. And so we say, well, the spirit of the world in what ways? In our attitudes, in the way we live, in the way we interact towards others. The example that we put before others, uh, the attitude of love and care towards others as Christ did, the attitude of Christ. The Bible tells us to put on the attitude of Christ. So, well, that's not the way I'm living. Well, if that's the way we, we see in our life, there are areas we're not living that way. We've got to change. We gotta accept and grow by the word of God. First the milk, and then the strained food, and then the solid food, and grow on and move on to maturity. God's will for our life. And Jesus said, Not my will, Father, but your will be done. It's very plain as we read the New Testament that it is the will of God. For us to move on to maturity. If we live in the Spirit, Paul said, let us also walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5. Walking in the Spirit will cause us to grow in the Spirit, will cause us to bear fruit that will grow to maturity, to mature Christian. Or just like walk the fence and just have a little. Jesus and follow some of the word and be satisfied with that and calm our conscience with just, you know, doing the bare minimums, doing the basics, just to slide on through and move, you know. It's a bad thing. And finally, the parable in Matthew 25 of those who are preparing 
and those were not. And this is what the seven questions will be on today, so young folks want to pay special attention to this when we ask the questions. Jesus speaking here says, The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them are wise and five are foolish. Those who are foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourself. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and they who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. And afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Surely I say to you, I don't know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Now there's a couple things, two things that really stand out to me in this parable. One is a general thought that there were five of these women who were ready for the wedding, they had prepared ahead of time, and five were not. And Jesus was using that to tell us to prepare to meet him. Whether in the air, or whether, you know, we pass from this life. Uh, to be ready to meet him. And five were ready and five were not. That's the basic message of this parable. But there's another thing that stands out here, is that you see that the five who are not prepared... They try to ride on the coattails of those who are prepared. Hey, you know, let me have some of that. It's too late. Should have listened to us earlier. Should have prepared like we did. They try <clears throat> to just rest on others and have their foundation on others instead of building on the foundation of Christ. And this is the message that we're challenged by. And at the end of it, Jesus had taught before that in 24, chapter 24, the signs of his coming. And then he gives parables. This is the first one he gives. Be ready. Because you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man is coming. Anybody tells you the day or the hour? Don't believe it. He says you don't know. The Son doesn't know. The, father, the angels don't know. Only the Father knows. It's in his keeping. So, that's where Mom's sharing today. For the brothers, Dan, Dave, you brothers want to open up and share something? I got the brothers.